Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Tonight we're going to be talking with John, who has several experiences he'd like to share with us. Some childhood stories about shadow figures and orbs that he saw at night in two separate houses. Some experiences at a cemetery. A photo of a demon he took that scared him so much he threw it away. A Bigfoot with a woman in white story. Some lights in the woods and more. Before we get to John's story, though, let's talk about our wonderful sponsor, 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy. You know that puppies can be wild and crazy whirlwinds of destruction, don't you, Allison? I am aware of that. There's some puppies at American Daydream. They do. They have these three beautiful little puppies. Where you have your antique stand. Well, if they're looking for help with their puppies, <laughs> 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can help them. Whether it's issues with potty training, mouthing and biting, fear and nervousness, barking, chewing on furniture or shoes, etc. Crate training, hyperactivity issues, leash training, and more. 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy can teach you what to do and also, and perhaps more importantly, what not to do. You can find 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy at sithappens.us. Look for the 90 Days to the Perfect Puppy link at the top of the page. They have online sources like video lessons, a Facebook group, which you can join and interact with other puppy owners, and of course, one-on-one options are available as well. Again, you can find them at sithappens.us. 
Look for the 90 days to the perfect puppy link at the top of the page. All right, let's go ahead and hear John's stories. All right, tonight we're talking with John, who has a variety of experiences to share with us. John, as much as you're comfortable, let us know where these things happened. I know people don't always like to be very specific. You can be, you know, as specific or as general as you want. And when they happened, and just start wherever you want and walk us into it. And I'll ask questions as we go along. Okay. First of all, I want to say I'm a big fan of the show. Well, thank you. Been listening for, I don't know, a while probably listen to all i'm pretty sure i'm caught up on all of the episodes at this point well thank you so, so I'm a much big fan thanks so much and it's really cool to have an outlet where people can kind of talk and share this kind of stuff like the lady in the last one said okay where do we start at the beginning yeah if you want to go in chronological order that that's fine i think that's usually the the simplest way to do it okay so i guess like my introduction into just kind of like being interested in the weird and paranormal and things like that kind of started with when I was younger, like probably I'm, I'm not the best with like timelines, but probably between the age of like five and eight at like a childhood home Mm -hmm. where this is actually kind of funny because it's not like, this was more just like kind of like play and like figment of your imagination kind of thing. But like when I was little in my childhood home, we had uh, like a basement downstairs that had a couple of pool tables, laundry room, uh, stuff like that. And I used to kind of like walk downstairs and the, the, the cord, like the light cord was at the bottom of the stairs and it was, it would be like dark, like pitch black. And you would have to walk down probably like 20 wooden, like creaky wooden wooden stairs to get to the light cord. And I used to kind of like play a game and see like how scared I would get before I would pull the cord when I got down to the light at the bottom of the stairs. Um, So I would like, you know, peek out into, there were some shelves, like stuff like that, like peek out, and uh, kind of like taunt, just like say like stupid things to kind of like, it was just like feed off of fear, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like I would be like, where are you at? Or like just say like little s- silly things. I would actually see like shadow figures almost like come out from behind shelves in the basement. I don't think that they were real, but it was just kind of like playful figment of my imagination. I'm young. And like terrified because I'm walking down the stairs to get to the light cord to pull it and just kind of like teasing myself, you know? Yeah, I was going to ask if you thought they, there was something you sort of uh, brought on, not saying they're weird, but and not, you know, but sort of uh, in your fear, just sort of like uh, worked yourself up to, to seeing things in the dark. Yeah, which this, I'm always sharing this because it's like the beginning of like, a whole bunch of random things like throughout my entire life up until like, I don't know, months ago. I'm 36 now. So like that, that's one story, but I used to do it like all the time. Like I would see how many, how many stairs I could get down before I got scared and ran back upstairs 
without ever making it down to the bottom to pull the cord, <laughs> which is just ridiculous. But that was like, I was like 10, 15 minutes from here, like childhood home. But I had also in that house started to like at night when I would go to sleep, I shared a room with like my brother and sister at the time. And it wasn't like a super big house, but I had started seeing like these two orbs on the ceiling at night, like when I would like lay down to sleep. And this went on for like a while. Like this had started like age five to eight, somewhere between like five and eight, and even followed to another house when we moved from like age eight to like 12. To where like when I would lay down at night on the, like wherever the light was at in the room, I would see like these two orbs at night like kind of like flying around and chasing each other, which I always thought was really weird. Like I would actually, when I was really young, I would get scared and actually like run to my mom's room, you know, and like sleep on her floor. And they would like come in there and be like chasing each other around on the ceiling by the light too. It was really weird. And that went on for like probably like four years. And that was for real, like not like the dark figures, like teasing myself in the basement. This was like weird and just kind of like unexplainable. Was your mom usually asleep when these things were happening? Um, Yeah, but I would like, I woke her up before and she was just kind of like, you just get like the brush off, you know, like, well, just go back to bed, (laughs) like stuff like that, you know, that was kind of the answer for a lot of things growing up, but never really... I had asked my brother before, like if he had ever seen him or anything. And like, he said, like he didn't, but my mom, when I asked her one time, she was just kind of like changed the subject and was kind of weird, mm-hmm. but they were there. Like that's, that's what, probably one of the most unexplained things. Like I've ever went through my whole life. How big were they? Like baseball size kind of like, but more oval. And they were like, one was brighter than the other, but they were just like two like weird orbs that would like go around the ceiling and chase each other. Like they were playing. And I used to like, at first I would get scared of it, but like over the years, like it would just be like, oh, like that just happens, you know? Like eventually I quit going to my mom's room. I would just like watch them and kind of just fall asleep. But there were like, there was a good year where like, I would like be scared to go to sleep. Cause I would be like, what is this? You know? Yeah. Now did they have any color or were they just kind of white? Well, they were like, kind of like whitish yellow, like maybe like a weird blue tint to, to them. And one was just like brighter than the other, but they were similar, similar in color, just kind of noticeably different that they were two, you know? Mm-hmm. Almost like if like two birds were flying around and chasing each other. It was just really weird. Yeah. And for, for how long a period did you see these? Probably like four years. Wow. And in two different houses. Oh, that's interesting. Which was weird, really weird to me. That's interesting. That was like the beginning of kind of like, I don't know, getting into weirder stuff or paying, like paying attention, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I don't, I mean, I've, you know, we've had people on who've seen orbs in their room before and all, but uh, was this a a nightly occurrence or did it just happen kind of randomly? It would be like, 
I don't not like every night, but definitely weekly. Like it was normal. Interesting. For a long like a long time. And then it was like probably around the age of twelve where it was like okay, like that's not happening anymore. And I was in the same house too, which was weird. It just kinda like stopped. They just stopped. That's interesting too. Huh. This <laughs> is really weird. Alright, so what else happened from there? So also also during that time I had heard I've never heard about this until it was actually an episode of yours you talked someone was talking about like a Alice in Wonderland syndrome. Yeah. And I there it was that and like something about migraines like that maybe being linked to like getting migraines which I've also sort of had but more like kind of like sinus headaches than migraines um but there was one time like at a uh sleepover probably not the best of timelines but probably mm, like fourth fifth grade kind of like a friend's house went over watch movies like stuff like that and when there was probably like four to six of us there and you kind of like you know eat pizza popcorn lay on the floor until you like pass out or watch movies and stuff right and like i would like i remember like looking over at one of my friends and like their face like their nose like getting longer and just like their face kind of like growing out and just like getting weird and like i had never heard about this before and it kind of would like creep me out but it would be kind of fun you know Mm -hmm. like look at my friend like his face is changing you know right um which i like in like movies and stuff like that now but at the time it's also kind of like what is going on and i had never even like really thought about it or heard about anything until somebody on your show brought that up about alice in wonderland syndrome and then also something about migraines. I think they were talking about like a poster or something that would change for them. It must have been freaky to look over at your friend and see see them change. And there there were other times too where like you know, I stayed the night at another friend's house growing up and like similar, like their dog did something crazy or like I don't know, looking at a stack of clothes in the dark, you know. Mm-hmm. But that was all kind of in that same time. Like, and then also, you know, I would like come home and go to bed and on the ceiling would be like these two orbs chasing each other and it would just be kind of crazy. Wow. So if you were at a sleepover or something, you wouldn't necessarily see the orbs. No, that was like strictly in those two houses growing up. Huh. Like I would go stay at my grandma's house a lot and like you know on the weekends stuff like that like get out of the house and go stay with my grandma and it would no like never anything like that there it was specifically in my two childhood homes now after you see him a number of times do you stop getting freaked out by him yeah eventually i I would like because at first it was just like scared you know like i would try like to stay up all night and not sleep but eventually, like, it was just like, oh, like, everything's fine, you know? And I would just, I would kind of watch them. It'd almost be, like, relaxing. Like, I would watch them fly around on the ceiling and whatever they were doing and then pass out, go to sleep. 
and then like i said it just stopped like around like about after four years around age 12 sometime between like 10 and 12 it just stopped yeah that's fascinating i wonder if the same mechanism that sometimes is related to poltergeist activity in preteen kids if it's also related to this i don't know just speculating it's just it's really interesting that it stopped at that time right then after you know listening to your show a lot the whole thing about like you know the like stuff like this happening to people that like it either happens or it doesn't kind of thing like depending on i don't i don't remember what the thing is but maybe not everybody is susceptible to witnessing stuff like this yeah it's been an interest like these those were like the precursors of being interested in it so like in high school like i got into like you know what are you gonna do in high school like i played guitar in a punk band i started messing with cameras and like we would like go ghost hunting you know like bandmates so what are we gonna do now or you know mm-hmm. stuff like that so like in the high school we would go like you know the local spots went to tons of places i've been to like everything around here um but there was one place that, that i guess it was like a house where like a guy had like murdered his whole family and in the backyard there would be two girls playing on a swing set and whatever we went to this house and i took uh like some pictures someone was like smoking a cigarette in the driveway and we're looking at this house which was weird because i found out later that somebody actually lives in this house still but we didn't know at the time and we're parked like in front in the driveway and someone's smoking a cigarette and we take a couple of pictures and later like i i had uh went to school for photography too and like had film slr camera so like later we're in a dark room and we're developing pictures and actually see like this crazy like the creepiest face i've ever seen pop up in one of these pictures in front of this house and it looked like like i actually got scared of this picture and like threw it away like i didn't even want to look at this picture but it was like this crazy like almost like demon face in front of this house Mm. that was like supposedly haunted you know yeah and and i totally get that like you know i've talked before about that tape i recorded myself sleeping and and hearing those weird beeps and stuff and just at the time i was not prepared for it i threw it away i just yeah no i did not want anything to do with that picture yeah so like you know, there people would be like, "Oh, you know, I want to see it." You know, I don't believe you. I'm like, I don't even care. <laughs> yeah, threw that picture away. Yeah, I think it's just this point in in our lives where we just, I don't know, for whatever reason, it's like, nope, I'm not. I don't want it. <laughs> I, I right. don't want it. And that's when I actually like, I kind of, I kind of got out of like going to like weird places and stuff like that after that for a while, just because it was like, I don't know, it was kind of heavy and it was like whatever was in that picture, like, I don't think it was just a coincidence, you know, like it was something serious and kind of heavy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm done with that for a while. But then I got bored. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this stuff is enticing and it, and it's seductive. I, you know, it's, it's in that sense, it's kind of dangerous. Like, uh, honestly, not to, right. You know, just be careful, everybody. <laughs> That's all. Right. And in all things, whether it's paranormal or not, just be careful. But yeah, it's it's but it's very very enticing. It's very hard to uh, 
the thrill you get from it. It's very hard to replicate that in any other way. At least I find. I agree. Like I said, the, the childhood stuff was just like random, random, and that kind. Of, I think it just kind of like set a precursor for getting interested in it later in life. So, like another time, this would be. We got this place called the the Gypsy Graveyard, and it's like I don't know, like twenty minutes from here. I live in Indiana, about forty minutes outside of Chicago. Okay, I think and somebody I, else talked about that place that was on the show. Nice. I yeah, I haven't heard that one. You know what I'll say? There's another. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait till I get to Bigfoot. Okay. Um. Yeah, Gypsy Graveyard, also known as the Southeast Grove Cemetery was like i still go there i went there like a month ago and it's one of my favorite places to go out here they used to have a statue in the middle and they, like things would get weirder scarier or whatever like the further back that you go closer to the statue the statue's not there anymore because people kind of like trash the place they put up cameras and whatever but it used to be this big like kind of like looming angel statue in the middle Supposedly, like, the eyes, like, have, like, dripped blood and, like, tons of weird stuff. There's been a lot of paranormal groups to go there. Whatever. The place is crazy. One time we had went there, and it was, like, three of us, and we, it was, like, a real calm, calm day. Like, almost, like, no temperature, you know? Like, there's no wind, there's no whatever, trees aren't moving like it's just real calm and we were standing there and we're like in front of that statue when the statue was still there and all like i actually had hair then (laughs) most of it's fallen out now (laughs) and we're standing like in a circle kind of and all at the same time like i think one of my friends i don't even remember who it was one of my friends was like did you feel that or whatever and the same time like i watched the person to my right's hair kind of just like flip up. Like if somebody like took their hand and like, you know, like if you took like a piece of long hair and just kind of like flipped it, like you were messing with somebody and like Mm -hmm. flip their hair up. And at the same time that he asked me that I felt my hair do it. And I watched the other person to my right's hair do it at the same time. Like somebody like ran around in a circle or like two hands flipped their hair up at the same time. It was really weird. And like I said, no wind, no nothing. Like it was calm. There's no explanation for it whatsoever. And it was just like kind of weird and creepy. And we all kind of like looked at each other and we're like, yeah, no. <laughs> we like just kind of started walking back towards the gate and left that time. It was kind of it was kind of weird. So before it happened to me. I used to think that was one of the, you know, when people would talk on ghost tours and they'd say they were pushed or they were pinched or, you know, someone grabbed, something grabbed them or something like this. I was pretty skeptical about that. I thought like a lot of people, look, you're in a spooky situation. Maybe just something happened. Something shifted in your pocket or in in your, if you're carrying a bag in your bag or whatever. And you thought that happened until it happened to me. And now I know exactly what people are talking about. I had my pack pulled one night and a hundred percent. It was not like, there was no question to me that this wasn't something shifting in my pack. This was, it was a hundred percent pulled. And I'm a lot more sympathetic to that kind of stuff. Now after, after it happened to me, I'm like, okay, now I know what people are talking about. Right. 
And I'm happy. I've told people, I don't care who it is. I tell them all the same stuff, just like I'm telling you. And like, yeah, it would be like, yeah, right. And it's, it did like that happened. <laughs> there was no explanation for it other than, I don't know, something flipped our hair up at the same time. Yeah, it's a strange thing. It's a really strange thing. And until it happens, you can't explain like, like I could not, I couldn't sympathize with people. I just thought, I, I'm sure you felt that, but I don't know. You know, I guess I wasn't a little incredulous before it happened to me. Yeah, that, that was a good one. In that place, like I said, I've been there a lot. I mean, I've messed with like cameras there. Like there's always orbs, like different colored orbs, just random stuff, weird stuff. And some of the stories there, like, you know, the people that live nearby, like hide in the woods and like make noise and whatever. And like, pro- they probably do in the winter or not in the winter, but like in the summer when it's nicer out and like looking for stuff to do. Mm-hmm. But like, this was not. And I've been there like, so many times different seasons or whatever and it's just that place that place is for real you know it's crazy to me yeah yeah a lot of other places just like like i said i I have a photography degree and like must with uh, a lot of cameras and lots of orbs that haunt like my favorite thing to do is take new cameras to places that were haunted and see what you can find in the cameras and just had a lot of pictures of crazy stuff like that, which all leads me into my Bigfoot story. If you're ready for that one. Oh, I'm always ready for Bigfoot. And anytime, day or night. I don't know if I'm, well, I'm ready for Bigfoot stories. We'll see if I'm ready for Bigfoot when it happens. <laughs> it's a high strangeness Bigfoot story, too. All right. Here's where this is crazy. As this whole lifetime of like these weird paranormal things or like being interested in it or growing up watching the X-Files or whatever. I never really thought like the concept of Bigfoot was that crazy. Like now, like knowing more about it and like researching more about it, like beyond the whole I don't know, finding Bigfoot or Bigfoot, the BFRO or whatever it is, like beyond that explanation. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't think that the idea of like, you know, a giant monkey in the woods was that crazy. Right. Right. However, I do a lot of hiking, like we like daily, like I try to walk like at least like two and a half miles a day. Mm hmm. And just, like, stay really active. Not in the winter. The winters are terrible here. But after winter, like, now, like, it's starting to get nicer outside. Like, I'll be outside, like, all the time. So there's this place, which is funny because Finding Bigfoot actually came out here to the Indiana Dunes National Lakeshore. Now, in this episode, I don't don't have which one it was in my notes or anything like that. That's all right. But... They came out here, and then they ended up going, whatever. They, they came to somewhere by, like, the Dunes National Lakeshore, and they said that, like, it would be possible for, like, Bigfoot to be here, and it would probably be, like, a food source when they were, like, migrating from point A to point B or whatever. 
but they didn't find anything. And then they ended up going to this place in Southern Indiana, like more towards Indianapolis called, called Morgan Monroe, which I'll get to. I've actually been there and that place is for real, but not for like your normal Bigfoot like that. So there's this place called the Collins Bog Trail that they did do in National Lakeshore. And it's one of my favorite trails like to hike out here because I don't know why. It's just weird. The, like, the place feels weird. I've always thought that it was weird. It looks weird. It's like the hills are weird. Um, the trees are old. And then like in the background is like this weird like looming, like doomy, almost like post-apocalyptic industrial like steel mill setting like there's smokestacks at the steel mill next door Mm -hmm. and there's weird ponds over here and like the pictures just like turn out great there whether it's like foggy like it doesn't matter like the pictures just always turn out really cool at this place so this actually is like i had been going there like my whole life but this would have been like pre, I don't want to talk about COVID, but pre-COVID, like a year or two ago, when I was there, I got a new, I got a new phone, new camera on my phone. So like cell phone cameras have came a long way, right? And like I've always been in cameras and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm messing with my new phone camera and like kind of impressed with what it's doing or whatever. So I just take like a bunch of random pictures. This is like a year or two ago. Bunch of random pictures throughout the day. And when I got home, I looked at one, which I actually think I sent you on Facebook. I looked at one and saw like the only thing I could explain it as was like, oh, that's like a Bigfoot. Like that's that's a Sasquatch, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing else that that could be like there is a giant sasquatch on this picture but the the catch is it's clear like it's the outline of it and it's popping out like you know those uh like seeing eye things where you like kind of cross your eyes a little bit and have the image pops out at you yeah i know what they are they do not work for me i cannot get them to work but yes Nice. I knew somebody else that they don't work either. But it's basically like almost like that, how those kind of like pop out at you. It's there in that picture, like almost, I want to say ectoplasm, but not really. Like kind of glitchy. I don't want to use the word pixely because it's crystal clear. Like the shape of a Sasquatch. And then I think like I, I, I turned it black and white too because it like pops even better in my opinion and it's like that's when i started kind of like looking into bigfoot stuff i've watched like every documentary i've read some books i've got both of your books just like really interested in it we are getting ready to drop two patron episodes as we do every month now. It's a two-parter episode. Some Bigfoot stuff, Flatter Man stuff, some other strangeness woven in there. The best way to support Strange Familiars 
is to become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. You get over 70 patron shows. As soon as you sign up, you can go back and listen to all of those. And we're doing two patron shows a month for the time being, at least. We always do at least one patron show every month. It's a full episode of Strange Familiars. Lately, we've been doing two full episodes of Strange Familiars for our patrons. So there's new patron episodes being added all the time. Go ahead and check it out. Patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. If you don't like the idea of a subscription like Patreon, you can make a one-time donation. Go to strangefamiliars.com. Look under the show notes for any episode. There's a paypal.me link. You can click that and make a one-time donation. This is where, like, that whole, like, high strangeness thing comes in. It's because, like, in, in your book, you actually talk about uh, the lady in white. Yeah. And so at that place, the Collis Bog Trail at the Indiana Dunes National Lake store, sure, one of, like, the most famous hauntings in, I don't want to say the state of Indiana because it's probably not, but definitely this smaller part like in Northwest Indiana, close to Chicago, has always been Diana of the Dunes, who was, I don't, I don't have those notes here, I don't remember her name, mm-hmm. but like was, whatever her name was, this lady who something had happened and she walks around basically the beach at night looking for whatever. She had black hair, she liked the beach. She loved the area. And that's why I guess she like haunts, haunts it. Right. Like your normal local legend, Mm -hmm. but every, like, even if you don't believe in ghosts, like people believe in that story. Like it's a huge one out here. (laughs) I think that I've also caught her on camera at this, the same place. And that's the lady in white. Cause she's dressed in white. Like that's her thing is she's like, dressed in a white dress. I was going to ask, yeah. She's got the long black hair. And, like, I think that I got, like, a picture of her, too. Interesting. And this is the same place that Finding Bigfoot went to. Yeah, same place. Super interesting. Yeah, very interesting. And also, like, same area where I got that Bigfoot photo on what I think is, like, a Bigfoot clear. Right. What else is crazy about that picture is um i don't remember the documentary what it's called but there's this this is gonna sound like every bigfoot documentary but there is one where this lady's talking about going hunting with her husband and they're up in deer stands or whatever they do in the trees and she's watching i want to say she's watching like through a flip phone or she maybe she took her flip phone out to like try to capture it but she saw something go from like one tree to another tree and she described it as like a uh i think she used the word ectoplasm or like clear outline or whatever this is the the sort of predator like sighting yeah 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 i remember the i don't know if i saw the documentary but i've i think i've seen the footage i know who you're talking about i i not personally but but i've come across this person's account before absolutely yeah so yeah she said it went from like one tree to the other and on the documentary it shows it and it was kind of like what it looked like in that picture that i got 
like it like the only way to explain it you know like was like this clear sphere this clear whatever that just kind of like went <laughs> you know and i don't i didn't see it that day but i saw it i definitely saw it in the picture and i also like it felt weird like when you like think back you know you're like oh, okay like when i took that picture like it's something felt weird because that, that place like always kind of feels weird mm-hmm. i love these women and white accounts where bigfoot pops up it's it's a lot more common than i ever thought it's pretty amazing and then the BFRO and Finding Bigfoot says they don't exist there. But what else is funny about that is that after COVID, you know, more people started to kind of, it seemed like more people started to like go out and hike on trails. It seemed like definitely out here because they like, they shut down the city of Chicago and a lot of them started coming out here to like our trails because our state parks didn't close. Mm-hmm. So, like, our trails got busier, like, more covered with trash and, like, a lot busier than they ever had been. So, a lot of this stuff, like, I would see or, like, feel weird stuff there for, like, for a while. And then, like, all, like, those stories I just told you. And then it also kind of seemed like it chilled out. Yes. When more people started, like, going to that area. Yeah, uh, we've noticed that as well. When when uh, certain places we go, if there's a bunch of people there, you might as well just get in your car and turn around because mm-hmm. it's, it's going to be dead. Yeah. So that was also pretty noticeable. I almost I took a tape recorder there one time. I was trying to get like because I've heard like weird stuff. Like I don't even know how to explain it, but weird, almost like like yell like almost like a digital kind of like squeal is how I'm going to explain it. Mm-hmm. But kind of like, I don't know, stereotypical of like Bigfoot stuff. Now, when you say digital, do you mean it, it had almost like a mechanical quality to it? Yeah. Like almost kind of like glitchy, like uh, what do they call it? Like a bit crusher, mm-hmm. like with music, like, sl- yeah, definitely like something like that. And also like loud, but kind of also off in the distance and close to you. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it's hard to place them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that a lot. And I also heard that uh, I'll get there, but another place too. It's super interesting to me how the BFRO will sit there and say, there's no Bigfoot here. (laughs) When, When everyone else in the country is telling them there's no Bigfoot anywhere, you know, and, and they're sitting there telling other people, well, there's no Bigfoot here. This is hilarious to me. But uh, anyway, it's none of my That's because Bobo didn't see him, though. Right, right. Yeah, that's how I felt, too. Well, I mean, I guess if you're looking for a breeding population, you know, it's it's hard to say they exist anywhere. You're going to have to say they, they travel through because a breeding population of giant ape men is going to leave a mark. Right. That's funny. Well, I was, that picture, though, it just kind of changed. Like, it changed everything. I was like, all right, like, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really interesting because, well, it's, and it's funny to me too how you get into this stuff and, like, I wasn't a UFO guy. I always loved Bigfoot since I was a little kid. Ghosts a little bit, but, you know, Bigfoot was really my thing. Bigfoot and witches, I I love those two things, but not a UFO guy at all. And then I have these, you know, quote unquote abduction experiences. It's like, 
you don't get to choose sometimes it, it comes to you in whatever way it, it wants to right so that was like a year or two ago with that i've been there more recently too we actually went there a couple weekends ago it was nice out this winter was terrible before winter we took a little trip to i always after watching that that finding bigfoot episode where they came out here i wanted this they went to this other place it's called morgan monroe state park which is like notorious for it uh there's a couple different things it's notorious for like bigfoot sightings it's near what is it brown brown county state park out there it's near there notorious for bigfoot sightings notorious for there's a haunted cemetery there with i forget the story but it's like a baby baby something there's actually a grave at the cemetery what was it called uh step step or steep cemetery something like that and there's a baby lester that's what it is and there's a grave there that literally says baby lester and people take like stuffed animals and like kids toys and it's really kind of the creepiest thing you've ever seen at the middle of this like huge protected forest and the cemetery and i guess there's like i feel like the baby haunts it or the the mom is a witch or some crazy story mm-hmm. and that place was it was creepy but what i wanted to mention was that finding bigfoot show after they didn't find any here they went to this place and they had like probably one of like their more successful episodes at this place and when we first got here we were walking like on this trail i think it was like a what was it like 10.6 mile trail we did the one day and like in the first mile or so we we stopped my girlfriend stopped she said what and it was like i heard something it was like that same like kind of like digital bit crusher like scream like in my ear just like i had heard at this other place a couple times that i tried to get on tape mm-hmm. and i was like okay like maybe this bigfoot thing is for real here too you know because that was the sound that i had associated with the other place and was there was the same sound like i had heard that before and i heard it here too did your girlfriend hear it too or just you no she stopped she heard something else but not not that interesting well it was not like like i was like wait what and then i heard that mm-hmm. she heard something else that was weird that weirded her out yeah that's interesting that place baby luster that was crazy. Oh, that same that same weekend we went to a uh all right. This place there's a place called Brazil, Indiana, which is like probably forty minutes or so from this state park near Indy. They're all kind of like near. Like I'm probably two and a half hours from Indy. Mm-hmm. There's this place, Hell's Gate. And I always try to like hit up all these these famous spots when I go anywhere. Just like bookstores like whatever hell's gate which i guess was in an episode of supernatural i've heard recently when i was talking to somebody about this hell's gate 
was and this is my girlfriend doesn't necessarily believe like in like the the kind of like the occult paranormal stuff mm-hmm. until I think like this how at least I started one of our first dates we talked about I told her my Bigfoot story. <laughs> I told her the Bigfoot story it was crazy. She's still here though. So Hell's Gate, she was like, okay, that place is for real. And we're driving. It's like 40 minutes out from where we were. Gravel road. There's still gravel roads here. I have like a newer Toyota Camry, right? And I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to drive on the gravel. But I was like, no, I want to go to this place called Hell's Gate. So we're driving. We're on gravel for a long time. Like long enough to where I was like, come on, maybe this is a bad idea. <laughs> we're driving and out of nowhere, we're like, and I had seen a couple pictures online and it was like, I don't know, like if we're going to find it, you know? And then out of nowhere, it was like, bam, bam, that's it. Like, and it's crazy because it's like, it's all covered in graffiti. It's like, it, you know, when you're there. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay. So we parked and kind of got out and walked around a little bit. And it was literally like probably one of the heaviest feelings I've ever had. And this was like, you know, compared to the the dark figures in the basement, but watching orbs fly around on the ceiling at night, like all this weird stuff my whole life, right? Like this place was heavy. And it just felt like we should, like we shouldn't be there, but we got to take pictures because we're there. I just drove on gravel. Like we're going to walk around a little bit. So I go, one of the things is like, you're supposed to like park. I don't know. You drive through it or park in the tunnel and honk your horn or something and blood drips on the walls. Like that's the story. Something like that, mm-hmm. which I don't, I'm not really into that. I'm not doing all that, but I am going to walk around and take some pictures. Right. So I walk like halfway through. I'm like, I'm not walking through Hell's Gate, but I'm going to go to the middle of it. So I walk in, like I'm in the tunnel, which is really just like a really narrow one-way road. Um, we definitely didn't see anybody else while we were there. And my girlfriend was out. She was kind of like taking pictures like outside of it. And I'm in there. And at the time... Like, I had stopped moving, she had stopped moving, and I totally still heard footsteps inside this tunnel. Hmm. And it was kind of amazing, and it also freaked me out pretty bad. And that just, like, on top of, like, the like that total heavy feeling was just, like, it was kind of a lot that day. Like, she was, we, like, looked at each other, like, all right, like, it's time to go kind of thing eventually. And we're like, yeah, like, let's go. And like, we talked about it for a while. And it was even kind of like hard to sleep that night. Like it was, that was a heavy, heavy day. That place is one of the darkest places I've probably been forever. Is this named like Hell's Gate by legend? Or is it actually the actual place name? Like if you look on a map, will it say that? Uh, I think it will pop up on a map because it's like kind of like popular place to go for some reason. It has to do with local legend, though. Uh, that's in Brazil, Indiana, and I guess it's one of, like, this is funny because you know all about to- Toad Road, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So the whole, like, 
different gates or like uh, what, like a portal to hell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like hell's gate is supposedly like one of six or one of seven bridges in that area and acts as like the portal to hell. Interesting. And it's dark. Like it's dark and people like, I think people go there and do crazy stuff and like have made it darker. Mm-hmm. But that place is heavy. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. And we also went to another one of the places while we were out there called Avon's Bridge, which is kind of cool because the town like put up a, like when they do historic stuff and they put up landmark, whatever, like oh, sign yeah. and all that. Mm-hmm. There's one that says like Haunted Bridge, blah, 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 blah. And it kind of like, it's got the story of this construction worker falling from the bridge and they just buried him in the concrete like when they built this bridge and it's like famous in this town. Wow. And while we were there, we were walking around in the, like the Creek underneath this bridge, like taking pictures, walking around a little bit. This guy was out walking his dog and he, I was under the bridge and he had seen like my girlfriend and asked like, if she was okay. Like is the nicest dude ever walking his dog. And uh, she was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then like, I came out from underneath the bridge and he saw me. He asked us if we saw anything yet. And I was like, we didn't really see nothing, but we kind of like felt felt it there a little bit. And he had told us a story about when he was there as a, uh, like in high school, they used to go hang out. He used to actually be able to get up in the bridge, but they had to close it off of the fence. And he said they used to hang out up there and they would like see and hear crazy stuff all the time. It's kind of cool. There's hiking trails there too. It was awesome. Yeah, these places, these like sort of like urban legend places. Kind of. Like if you search like haunted Indiana, they're going to pop up most of mm-hmm. most of what I talked about, honestly. I wonder if it's a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like I always wonder if if these places started out haunted with weird stuff going on or if somehow they got that reputation and then because people put that kind of energy in them and visit them over the course of you know however many years. Right. Do they then, you know, kind of take that on? Yeah, that's a good point. That's that was kind of like what got me into like visiting them too. Like, well, is this place for real? Like, you know, it seems like some are and some aren't. And that's where I got fun, like taking cameras and seeing, you know, like seeing, trying, you know, trying to see what was real and what wasn't. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you can feel it though. Like, like Hell's Gate, like, Hell's Gate was heavy. You felt that. Like that that time we were in front of that house where that guy killed his family and the two girls swing on the swing set in the backyard. That place was heavy. 
And like, you know, I definitely think that that feeling's associated with darker things and all that, but it's like, it's noticeable, you know? I think so. I, I think there's definitely certain places have feelings that go with them. I know when I took Chad to site seven for the first time, you know, we're usually Chad and I are usually way out in the middle of, you know, either Michaud forest or if we're up at, at pandemonium, we're in the, you know, the middle of that state forest. And, you know, he likes to be as, as far away from civilization as he can be. And site seven just isn't, it's, it's surrounded by farms and there's uh, some other stuff there, but he was shocked at how oppressive it felt there and, and how weird it got there being you know that close to civilization right so yeah some this stuff definitely you know sometimes it can have a, a definite feeling to it and beware of places with hell and devil names for sure oh, that, yeah. that is a thing i don't know uh again it's a chicken and egg thing i don't know whether you know somebody named it that and then people got a reputation or more than likely it was named that because stuff was going on there anyway i think i agree totally have have you seen the movie Toad Road? Yeah, I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's um I did like how they sort of represented the seven gates as not real gates because I've I've gotten in several, you know, arguments with, with local people who claim they've gone through the the different gates. There's no gates out there. I've been out there a million times. Um I think my son and I and Chad are probably, you know, some of the only people in modern times who've hiked the entire length of the road there, there's no gates. There's, there's one like farm gate at one end, but there's, that's it. There's no gates out there. But in that movie, they did something interesting and they sort of uh, represented the gates as, as sort of, you know, not physical things, but, but kind of like states of mind. And uh, I thought that was interesting, but uh, in general, I was not predisposed to like the movie because I, (laughs) the filmmakers, they actually filmed it around here. Right. But the filmmakers uh, literally came out and said they had to bring in actors from elsewhere because I believe the quote was, no one in York County is cool enough to be in their movie. <laughs> so I was like, ah, okay, I, I really don't like your movie. That's funny. I don't know. I, that was one of those movies that I just happened to like watch one day, you know, and it kind of stuck. Like, and doing a lot of hiking, it's funny because, like, you see a gate or whatever, and it kind of just, like, like it, it was almost good. <laughs> oh no! Other than I did, like I said, I really like the concept of there not being like actual real physical gates. They kind of like sort of this symbolic representation of gates. But uh, the drug use kind of aspect of the movie was a little heavy-handed, I thought. But oh, yeah. uh, in general, yeah, it was a, it was okay. I mean, it was definitely a kind of a B movie kind of thing. But uh, it could have been way worse. I, I, I was dreading going into it because i thought oh they're going to do the mad doctor thing and all that and, and to their credit they did not that's funny that's actually i think that's how i found like was introduced to you like on that podcast you used to be on because i was i was telling somebody about this movie and just kind of i was look like then looking it up or whatever and then your name had popped up with I think like your book or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I started listening to that other podcast and I was a fan. Well, I'm glad you found me. It's random. That movie being the, what did it? I have one other story. All right, bring it. I go to this other place out here, like weekly 
and it's kind of like it's in a it's abandoned Girl Scout camp. Like it used to be a Girl Scout camp, but the guy that ran it or they used to run it or they still do stuff there. I don't know, but they like basically kind of they have like hiking trails there and they actually like keep up with it pretty good. And instead of just like condemning the property or not doing anything with it. And it's kind of like open to the public and a lot of people go there and like hike or a lot of people actually, like it's only like four mile loop or something like that. So a lot of people actually like go run and like work out and things like that. But it's like 10 minutes from my house. So like when I go try to like get a walk in or whatever, like after work or, things like that. I've been going to this place for like a year or two now. Well, one time it's always felt like kind of like there'll be like hot and cold spots. It seems like, which is weird to me. I don't really know much about that. Like there'll be times where there's like, it's noticeably cold in the spot and not anywhere else, which is kind of weird. And it's not like there's more of a draft or more shade. Like it'll be like, in the bright sunlight, it'll be noticeable, which has been kind of, kind of, just kind of weird there. But one time, this would have been like probably, I don't know, the last year or so, me and my girlfriend went there, we were walking, and there's like uh, telephone lines or power, power lines, like power lines that kind of run through like the middle of this place too, and they'll crackle a little bit when you walk underneath them. But one time, like, we were there and we stopped and we saw, like, weird, weird lights. <laughs> this is, like, really my only, like, weird light and weird light in the sky experience ever. And the closest thing I've been able to find, like, online was, like, something about drones when they, like, test fly drones or something like that or do, like, a weird drone show. But it what like it wasn't this like it was like eight or nine maybe ten random lights in a row, but offset flying along the sky just really weird really weird pace really weird whatever and there's actually a a show with uh, Ozzy Ozzy Osbourne Sharon Osbourne and the kid their kid and he's like showing them like weird like haunted or like paranormal videos or whatever i guess like blowing their mind on camera is the object of the show i've put it on randomly like literally two times and one of the episode one of the clips that he shows them is a very similar clip to like what we saw that day and it was funny to see their reaction you know it was during the day you saw these yeah, during the day. It was like maybe an hour or two before dark. Wow. Um, but yeah, noticeably during the day. I have pictures somewhere. But the closest thing I've and they didn't know, like they, they do like their research on that show or talk about it, they couldn't explain it. And then when I looked it up online, the closest thing I could find was like I forgot what they call it, like a drone party or a drone blah 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 blah. Something like that. You'd think you would see some kind of structure other than the lights during the day or there would be like you know similar like more in more in line maybe these were like like eerie like out of place just moving weird 
and that was kind of unexplainable. Like I was just like, what is that? I'm horrible at estimating how high things are off the ground, but I I will ask. Do you, do you have any guess? Like a little bit taller than power lines. Okay. But like not like you know how when. Uh, what are they like crop dusters or when they like check out power lines mm-hmm. it wasn't that like because that would have been usually they're airplanes i think but like yeah again you would have seen some kind of you know structure to the yeah to the and it wasn't it was like if you know when the people set off like uh those candles they got the little parachute yeah they like go into the sky and move all crazy that's what these were doing it was like eight to twelve of them hmm just moving really weird, but sort of together, but sort of not in a row. And color on these? Like a yellow, like a whitish yellow. Mm-hmm. There's glow, like glowing, there's glowing lights in the sky. It was really weird. Do they look like LEDs or do they look like um, more like a, like a candle or something? Yeah, more like a candle. Hmm. Yeah, dimmer than LEDs. But like a noticeable, almost orb kind of floating, just kind of like illuminating in the sky. It sounds crazy. No, no. And I mean, just and I have to, you know, put on the badly fitting skeptics hat. Any chance they were Chinese lanterns, you know, paper lanterns? Yeah, they definitely weren't because I've seen them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why it was weird. I was like, I don't know what that is. Like, I can't even find anything online. Like I, you know, you type in weird lights in the sky on Google, and yeah, and again during the day, you should be able to. You would like I've seen those Chinese lanterns at night, and for a, a long time, I was like, "What is that? Those are incredible!" And then after a while, it, somehow I figured it out. That's what they were. People were lighting off these paper lanterns, and they were like floating up, and that's what they were. Uh, but again, during the day, you would think you'd see the outside of the, you know, the paper structure of the paper lantern. Yeah. And that the like it's the closest thing it could could be would be like that drone thing, but it's I don't I don't think so. Yeah, like they they oh, I watched videos of that. And they're like more and more like symmetrical when they. This was just really weird. Very interesting. That was during the day too. Yeah, I don't know if I'd rather see lights during the day or not. I th- I, th- I might be a little bit weirded out because. I've seen them at night before, but I don't know what I do during the day. Like, cause I don't know. I don't know. That's weird. Really weird. Yeah. And she, she thinks that place is weird. That that's weird. And, but like before that, she thought it was weird. This is like deer, like deer. We'll see deer at random times or like, just like scare them. Like we'll go around the curb and there'll be like a couple deer there. Just doing crazy, like making crazy noises that you don't normally hear deer make stuff like that. I've never really felt like anything weird other than like hot and cold spots there. And those lights though, those lights were just, I don't know, beyond. That's neat. Like I said, I haven't seen them during the day, but now I'm going to start looking for them. Maybe I just haven't been looking. I'll try to find a picture. Cause I know, I know I got pictures of it. I just, I got a lot of pictures everywhere. John, thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. Uh, let us know if you're out there. And you see anything else, but also be careful on your journeys. Okay. Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. It was awesome to talk to you. We have some thank yous. I'd like to thank Chris D. from Iowa. 
and Scott B. from California for their PayPal donations. Thank you very much. We're moving from photo of the week to curiosity of the week. We're kind of expanding, and we're going to do more than just photos, which I'm excited about. Not that I'm unexcited about the photos. Yeah, you better not. <laughs> but we have a photo tonight. Maybe the, the last photo of the week. Not that there won't be photos as part of the curiosity of the week. But we're going to expand our offerings to other ephemera and neat things. But we'll call this the last photo of the week. And it's a beautiful German Shepherd. A perfect pup. Do you have any clue when this photo was taken? That one's kind of a mystery to me. I'd say it's probably anywhere from the 30s to the 50s, but he's just so beautiful. I just thought... Yeah, very, very handsome German Shepherd. Yeah, it's a nice profile image. If you go to the show notes under this episode at strangefamiliars.com, you can see an image of this photo. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop where you can buy this and other photos of the week. There's a photo of the week section there. There's also an artwork section there where you can get prints of my artwork or originals. There's a book section there where you can buy all of my books. If you get them from Etsy, they come signed by me, including my art book, Apparitions, Illustrations of the Other. And we also have Monsters Under the Hospital Bed. Not really a book, more of a booklet. A chapbook. A chapbook? I like that. A a (laughs) digest-sized chapbook. (laughs) That collects my artwork I did when I was recovering from my MS attack. There's also Strange Familiar's t-shirts there and all kinds of neat stuff. Our shop name is Lost Grave, that's one word. But if you type in Strange Familiars in the search bar, you should see our stuff come up. Etsy's another great way to support what we do. While you're on Etsy, make sure to check out Chad Shop, Rock Rabbit Outdoors, and check out our friends at Karmic Garden as well. That's it for this week. We will be back soon with another episode of Strange Familiars. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts, music, books, art, podcasts, and more. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music from Stone Breath, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. Strange Familiars is on Facebook, facebook.com slash strangefamiliars. You can also join the Strange Familiars gathering group there. We're on Instagram, at strangefamiliars. And you can always find us on the web at strangefamiliars.com. from pine needle and cobweb thread.
to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.